This AIM Hometown Innovations podcast is sponsored by American Structure Point. With 500 experts working in-house across 11 disciplines, American Structure Point's award-winning team understands how to move your project from concept to completion. Since opening our doors in 1966, American Structure Point's mission has been to improve quality of life in cities and towns all across Indiana and the country. Our services include engineering and infrastructure, architecture and interiors, planning and economic development, investigative services, and IT solutions. We are a proud partner with AIM. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit StructurePoint.com to learn more. Welcome to AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. This podcast is designed to offer insights, best practices, and innovative solutions for the challenges facing Hoosier cities and towns. Each edition will offer ideas and inspiration while showcasing the talent and commitment of Indiana's local leaders. Enjoy the program. Welcome, everybody. This is Matt Greller, and welcome to the AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. We've got a, uh, a fun one today. Uh, we have three mayors joining us from very different parts of the state, uh, very different backgrounds. They're all in their first term, so about 16 months in. We have uh, Charlestown Mayor Treva Hodges, uh, Huntington Mayor Richard Strick, and Elkhart Mayor Rod Robertson. Uh, welcome. Thank you all for uh, joining us today. Thanks We've, for um, Thanks for you know, us. The, the, the backgrounds of, I mentioned this earlier already, that you, you all have very unique backgrounds. You know, Mayor Strick, you are worked as a pastor, I think, before you became mayor. Uh, Treva, you are uh, has a doctorate. I don't think we have a lot of mayors out there that have doctorate degrees. Uh, Rod, you know, I think you're, you're legendary in the northern part of the state for your basketball exploits over the years, but even more so now as, as mayor of Elkhart. So we'll jump right in. Um, seems like all we talk about is the pandemic, and that's defined your, um, your term as mayor already, I suppose. But let's jump back to before pandemic times, and, you know, you came into office wanting to tackle, I'm sure each of you, a, a set of issues, you know, projects, whatever it might be. Um, talk a little bit about those things and then how they had to take a back seat to the pandemic and then now coming out of the pandemic, uh, how maybe you can refocus attention on some of those things. Anybody want to jump in first? Well, um... You know, I'm I'm always ready for the jump ball for, for lack of another basketball analogy. Um, don't know if I'm legendary up in northern Indiana. I thank you for that, Matt. But you know, uh, maybe maybe a little less than that. I would hope. Um, but um, uh, but I definitely don't have a PhD. So um, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. So maybe I can get one soon. Um, uh, I, I, you know, you, you, you're, you're absolutely right, though, uh, Matt. We, uh, I know we all started, uh, we all came off of uh, 2019 uh, with a head of steam. I know I did. And I was pretty excited about um, the opportunity to uh, become mayor of my hometown. Uh, and it was, um, uh, you know, and I ran 
on really things that were intrinsic uh, in who I had become in Elkhart. Uh, and so I was um, uh, literally six years the executive director of a uh, leading a nonprofit, a faith-based nonprofit uh, in Elkhart. And it provided me a level of empathy uh, with my community uh, that I probably would not have had had I not. And public service is about that kind of empathy. Uh, so when I started to talk about my resume, uh, people saw it really authentic and, uh, and it made me genuine. And so it wasn't any longer the candidate that was running. It was Rod Robertson, the legendary basketball. Oh, did I say that? No, I'm sorry. I, I'm joking. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was Rod Robertson, that, that guy that uh, had helped us through certain times uh, that my family really needed. And, uh, and to me, uh, that was more important than anything. And, uh, and I think authenticity uh, does rule the day. And so um, I've all, I ran as a public servant, not as a politician. And, uh, and that is carried forth uh, with, with the initiatives that, that, I've, um, that we've embarked upon uh, in this, um, what, 12 months or 14 months or however many months or, or second term, as you just said a moment ago, it feels that way because of COVID. Uh, but uh, I just wanna continue uh, to do some of those things. I know we're gonna talk a little bit about them. Uh, soon, so. Mayor Strick, I know uh, you have a unique background and Huntington is uniquely positioned. I think you like to talk about being the, the second largest city in, in the area or trying to be the second largest city in the, the northeast part of the state. Um, but you've got a lot going on downtown. I know you've some unique developments in the in housing and restaurants and things like that. Um, how are all those things working during COVID, post-COVID, pre-COVID? Yeah, we, uh, we built a lot of uh, forward-looking momentum under uh, the previous administration with Mayor Fetters, and, uh, and that was part of uh, choosing to throw my hat in the ring after the, the spring primaries was uh, wanting to make sure we stayed on track with that after his defeat in the primary. And um, we, I, I actually uh, was just connecting again with the, the head of our Chamber of Commerce just to confirm this, but in the last 16 16 months, we've had 16 businesses, or I'm sorry, 27 businesses open throughout Huntington County uh, that have been mostly small retail and uh, just a number of entrepreneurs uh, stepping out, uh, including in the middle of uh, the COVID-19 pandemic. And so uh, economically, we've, we've come through things very well. Um, we are the second largest city in Northeast Indiana, uh, behind Fort Wayne, of course. And when uh, President Trump and then Governor Holcomb uh, issued the uh, stay-at-home, hunker-down Hoosiers orders. Uh, the benefit to us was all the money that our folks were spending in other counties uh, stayed home and stayed local. And our, our entrepreneurs and our business owners put that money to work, uh, making long-time upgrades uh, to their facilities, uh, improving their customer service. A lot of them moved to digital operations and curbside carryouts and um, it's really been remarkable to watch them adapt to those things and then just continue to work on downtown, downtown storefronts and uh, making those investments that are going to last and help us come out of this really, really ahead of where we were. That's a uh, really interesting point I'd never thought about, you know, and Mayor Hodges, you're in a, a similar community to, to Mayor Strick. You're uniquely positioned pretty close to a, a larger metropolitan area in another state in your case, but uh, 
uh, still still close by. You've had a lot of success early on too. Talk a little bit about that and, and where you see things heading. Well, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to hang out with you guys today. Um, we, you know, I think the first term, you know, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, we had a lot of planning and things in place, you know, and a lot of that involved community feedback. So, you know, prior to COVID, we had all these plans for these community listening sessions and, and getting in touch with folks and kind of this community table idea. We're going to have these huge potlucks and, you know, really get, get the, the folks involved. And then it's like, oh no, you can't meet in person. So, we had to kind of reel in and immediately begin to switch to that virtual environment like everybody else did. But um, we just kind of shifted gears. We, we continued our long-term planning. We just kind of ran parallel tracks. So we went ahead and completed a parks master plan. We went ahead and, and looked at some um, facade improvement type programs for our downtown area because Charlestown is, is experiencing a phenomenal growth boom right now. I mean, we're right at the verge of this kicking off. Residentially, we're already there. Um, our building permits did not slow down for residential structures um, over the past year. We actually almost broke a record of 200 for the year. I think we hit around 170 something. Um, so, I mean, none of that slowed down and, and um, we were just trying to get a really good game plan ahead of the inevitable commercial and retail growth that will follow those residential rooftops. But um, we also had to sideline, you know, run parallel tracks with recovery because our economy despite being in the Louisville metro area, we're a very small municipality and we're right at the edge of kind of rural farmland. I mean, go, you know, a couple blocks north of town and you're in, you're in farm and go south and you're headed towards the bigger city. So um, we, most of our economy is wrapped up in those small business, mom and pop owned, you know, locations. Childcare became a major problem for a lot of our business owners and managers. And um, we did experience a significant slump because a lot of our businesses in the heart of our square were considered non-essential businesses. And so they were shut down or they were restaurants that just didn't have the ability to adapt um, as well as some of the others did. And so um, we shifted gears to say, how do we shift and get people back into the economic recovery that they need um, to make sure we don't lose businesses? So we haven't had any shutdown. We're fortunate through aggressive uh, use of money that's come our way from grant funding and everything and, and just chasing this money as much as we can. Um, we're fortunate we've been able to keep over 130 jobs in place, uh, 34 businesses doors open. Um, now we're shifting from the business sector into the private sector and looking at, you know, mental and economic recovery from long-term effects of COVID, um, hiring a social worker to come in and, and kind of serve as a community liaison for folks to get them back on the path of individual recovery from this. So um, it wasn't that we really had to shift our original planning. We just kind of had to supplement it and say, okay, let's respond as well to what COVID has thrown us. So you've all sort of touched on this just a little bit, but, you know, Hoosiers, I think, generally speaking, whether you're a Democrat or Republican and independent, it doesn't seem to matter, at least in my experience, tend to be pretty conservative from a fiscal standpoint. We like to save our money. We like to be ready to, to address whatever hardship might come our way. And that, I think, helped a number of our cities and towns across the state go into COVID ahead of the game and probably will emerge faster than a lot of other places around the country. Jumping ahead a little bit, but you all are getting ready to receive a whole lot of money from the federal government um, from a, on a per capita basis, it's probably the, the largest um, distribution of money that we'll see from 
the government in our lifetimes. I mean, if history holds true, what are your, I know we're waiting on guidance from treasury on how the money can be spent and all the exact particulars, but undoubtedly you, you all have done some brainstorming and planning already about how to utilize those funds given the four general buckets we're probably going to be allowed to, to spend it on. Um, let's have a little bit of conversation about that and maybe that helps other municipal leaders around the state uh, think through how they're gonna use their distributions as well. Mayor Robertson, you get the biggest chunk of the money given the size of your city, but that doesn't change any planning, I assume for you, what's, uh, what's on deck? No, it's funny, um, uh, those, those types of disbursements, uh, it, seems, it seems like those are the gifts that keep giving. Uh, what I mean by that is that um, uh, when you receive a chunk like that, people um, always want to figure out how they can best get in line. And, uh, and, and, and for a mayor, getting in line uh, is, uh, is probably um, uh, the toughest thing to, to, uh, to evaluate, uh, basically, because everyone seems to be in line to see the mayor. Um, uh, uh, although I had, I had to Google Treva. Um, and, and, uh, and man, I, I, I tell you, Mayor Strick, we should be happy we're in her presence. Um, uh, did you, did you, it's this PhD, she's, 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 she's doing it down there too. She's impressive. And, I checked, I, I looked into her background after one of our other round tables. So I was already significantly humbled coming into the presence of both of you. And then you know, Nat leading off with, well, you're a former pastor, but she's got her PhD <laughs> and he's a living legend. <laughs> no, no, I mean, win by three, three votes. She win by three votes and rocking, you know, and, and didn't have anything in her office when she walked in. Last very cleaned the clean clock. I saw the picture. I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Did I digress? Okay, so back to um, uh, the <laughs> the disbursement. So the um, uh, the disbursement. Uh, it, while while uh, COVID. I want to make sure that our community is on the other side of COVID. There, are, there is a lot uh, that are still occurring. Matter of fact, we just found out before I got on this call that we moved from yellow to orange uh, in uh, by positivity uh, rates, and so uh, we're not clean of COVID yet. Uh, and so we need to make sure that these dollars are utilized to help us get uh, to the other side and make our community whole again. Uh, so, uh, and we know uh, by the science that it's about vaccinations. And so, uh, matter of fact, prior to this meeting, I was at a press conference where the state is holding a clinic, a four-day clinic, a mobile clinic here, where they're accepting walk-ups as well as um, uh, registrations, which are good because uh, in a certain part of our community, uh, access to the internet is tough. And so to be able to get people registered in front uh, helps some folk, but it doesn't help others. And as we all know, if one has, has COVID, we all have it. Uh, so it's really a race to get in front of these variants and this funding will assist us to be able to do that. Uh, I wanna always keep in mind why we have the funding. It's a rescue plan. It's not necessarily an investment plan. Um, and I know that, that we, because of Matt, how you position this, have never gotten this kind of disbursement before. Uh, we think about it as mayors and I know as community members as uh, a, our ability to accelerate and move ourselves uh, to a different place. But COVID <laughs> is something we've never seen before and we've never came out from under. Uh, 
So I don't want to have a relapse. So I want to ensure that we reach herd immunity first and foremost, and I want to make sure that we're using these dollars in order to do so. In addition to that, uh, Elkhart has uh, invested over the last uh, few years in uh, five-year comprehensive planning uh, around our uh, fiscal position. And our fiscal position is very strong. Uh, Matt, you're absolutely right. Uh, previous uh, councils, and I was a four-term councilman uh, as well uh, here in Elkhart. And in previous administrations, uh, we've had about two or three of them uh, that have been very, very um, uh, conservative in how we've gone about fiscal planning. And Elkhart is probably for its size positioned better than uh, most people in uh, the five state area, not just Indiana. Uh, we have the big behemoth, which is RVs that continue to um, uh, drive our manufacturing output. It remained essential uh, as a business uh, throughout or as an industry throughout COVID. So we were able uh, to keep a lot of our people working. And um, just February, or was it March? Uh, they had their strongest month ever uh, with shipments. And so um, the, the, the output of manufacturing is very, very strong. Uh, so what we, we like to do is make sure that we're building uh, other uh, parts of our community with industry uh, so that, or with certain types of businesses. And we're looking at uh, their, their automation of manufacturing and their other, um, uh, what we see as, uh, targeted industries uh, that we, during the down cycle, can continue to to uh, 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 to create some kind of upcycling uh, of uh, a volume of output, so that we can continue to remain solid during uh, some of the most uh, difficult times that we have. Uh, one thing that one word that I've always positioned around Hoosiers uh, that uh, I'll position that now is resiliency. We've been a very resilient state. I know that Elkhart County is a resilient county. Uh, and when we have had to take it on the chin, uh, we've been able to bounce back, uh, ensure that we have taken care of most of our residents and move forward with respect to it. Uh, so um, Elkhart is not, uh, not unlike uh, the Southern part of the state or um, our Eastern part of the state, uh, which is where Mayor Strick is. So I'm pretty excited about the funding and the opportunities, but what I wanna make sure of is that we build a platform to sustain our acceleration out of COVID. And that, uh, that to me is the kiss of death. I wanna open up our community and we're working on doing so uh, as quickly as we can. And, and we do have uh, tools in place to save some of the small businesses and we will apply some of these dollars towards it uh, as we build it out. So um, I'll stop uh, and allow these guys to chime in, but um, yeah, this is, a, this is a great opportunity for us. Thanks, Mayor. Mayor Strick, what's, uh, what's on your early agenda as it relates to ARP money coming from Congress? Well, I would, I would echo uh, much of what Mayor Robertson just shared about. I mean, that there's still, uh, we're still dealing with this pandemic and, and pushing forward and working with our county health department. Uh, we know vaccinations are the way and the path forward. Um, for us, you know, the, the two buckets uh, options that we have available to us in the federal legislation uh, that are going to be the top priorities for us are, are actually going to be focused on revenue replacement and the infrastructure projects. 
um, because as was noted, it, it's pretty rare for us to get a, uh, a chunk of change like this from the federal government. Um, and then as I've met with our city council leadership to talk through what's the best way to allocate this and where should we be looking for this, you know, we're, we're doing this in the, the reality also that we just closed out uh, the OCRA grant program for supporting small businesses in our community. And out of $250,000, we're returning $150,000 to the state uh, with our local grant program that we had to help with you know, some changes in ventilation and things like that, we, we were able to distribute 12,000 out of $50,000 available to small businesses. And our, our economic piece, they've done a good job of utilizing the state and federal funds. And that's kind of crowded out the need for local funding that way. And we, you know, we celebrate that. We, we recognize that that's, that's a fortunate position to be in. And so we're turning our attention towards, again, that, that infrastructure base that really ultimately is what allows uh, businesses and households and families to thrive in our community uh, because we recognize that even infrastructure is connected to public health and uh, some of the, the lessons of this last year are staying with us as we go forward. Um, you know, diverging from the ARPA plan itself, part of, part of my background coming from, again, like you mentioned, from local church life and pastoring, uh, I, I think very much in terms of seasons of life. And, uh, you know, I think everything we've been through this last year is a, it's a grief to be observed and uh, to celebrate that we've, we've come through it. Um, and so we're working with local pastors and congregations for a, a community-wide recognition uh, in May of uh, the, the 80 lives that we lost in our community, as well as just the other losses that weren't documented so concretely. Um, you know, students who lost out on graduation parties, um, job transitions, um, just stress for families. And then uh, we're hoping and projecting towards that third quarter that we can really throw a really good community-wide party uh, and, uh, and tap into. Uh, so I'm working with the pastors on the morning and grieving and let's name that grief. And then I'm working with our local bar owners on uh, the party for later in the year and uh, get some great barbecue going and uh, just enjoying some music with folks because it's it's part of helping us move forward through this. Uh, we got to name what we've been through and we got to keep supporting each yeah. other as we move forward through it. And, uh, you know, part of that is also tapping into uh, and, and working on the messaging around, uh, you know, the, the resistance that we see from some folks regarding the vaccines and helping them find information uh, to uh, assuage doubts and fears, uh, as well as uh, just helping them connect with their neighbors who've gone ahead and gotten it and had a good experience with it um, so that we can help them trust it and, uh, and see that as a path forward for us. Uh, one question, are you taking pastors to the bar? Let me know. Those, those, who, those who want to join are all, you know. <laughs> Matt, you heard that. The, the, table, <laughs> the table is open, as we used to say I with like communion that. at St. Pete's, so. <laughs> But we, we know we've got folks all across that religious spectrum of traditions. So Absolutely. Yeah. You're the mayor for all of them. <laughs> That's right. Mayor Hodges, how about you? I don't think we're that too much different down here from, um, from everybody else and as far as how we're planning on using the money. Um, I will say that now I guess I need to Google myself. Like I, I had no idea that there was all this stuff out there. This is, this is entertaining. Um, but Mayor Strick, don't you ever for one minute um, 
try to place yourself in a, in a different place because let me tell you, pastors are the root of it. And um, the knowledge, skills, ability, and empathy that you've developed over the years of doing that are making you a great mayor today. So, um, and exactly what you said about owning and recognizing the trauma that we've been through collectively, um, we lost one of our police officers. I do believe that um, one of our officers was the first line of duty death um, from COVID in the state. And it um, was right on the heels of another loss of an officer from a separate issue only two years ago. And it really rattled our community when that happened. And I think it made COVID extremely real for people too, to see it like that. Um, the people that you think of as being kind of um, foolproof, you know, that, that it affected them um, in that way kind of shook things up a little bit down here. So very similar to you, we're planning on a candlelight vigil um, in, in July as part of a very toned down Founders Week acknowledgement um, from where they usually have a big party with the anticipation that then in the fall, if everybody does what they need to do, that we can have the bands on the square and, and really get together and, and have, a, have a, a much better time and see each other's faces again and, and be able to, to spend time because I think um, that is something that is indicative of the resiliency we have as Hoosiers is that we, we love being in communion and in community with one another. And so I'm looking forward to, to getting to that point. Um, as far as the money, um, if anybody was on the call when they first talked about the money, you were there when you heard my impromptu reaction to figuring out and doing the math how much we would get. And it was probably not something that would be said in the presence of a pastor because um, I didn't realize that I wasn't on mute when we got those numbers. So, yeah, I was super excited. Um, you, you got a holy in there, I think. I, I did have a holy. Yes, it did start with, with holy for sure when I did the math in my head of what we would get. Um, and I'm usually worrying about my birds when I'm zooming from home, you know, making a bunch of noise. And that time it was all me. Um, but I think everybody got a good chuckle out of it. And I think, honestly, I probably said out loud what a lot of us were thinking when those numbers came through. So um, but we're, you know, we're, I want to sit down with our council president. I've been, of course, watching just like all of us for the guidelines, you know, that's, that's what's holding me up right now is how do we spend it? What are we allowed to do? We know they're going to have rules for us. So tell us what the rules are going to be so we can really begin. Cause right now everything just feels kind of, um, up in the air. Like we know we're getting it. That's great. But how do you even plan when you don't know, um, exactly what it is, but infrastructure is of course huge. We want to make sure that we've got enough, um, roads and, and wastewater and, and all that stuff, you know, capacity in place for this residential growth we've been experiencing. We don't want to lose that momentum, um, but also making sure that our community has the resources to uh, recoup any lost revenue that we've had. Um, I don't know about y'all, but our parks department was hit hard, hard during this pandemic because we had to shut pretty much everything down. Uh, motor vehicle highway fund was affected. I mean, we lost quite a bit, not to mention the charge-offs that we've had to do for our, for our utility uh, customers, because you don't want to add pain on top of what they're already experiencing with job loss or, or layoffs, you know, and so we, you know, we, we want to recover uh, financially from that so that regardless of what happens when that second term year potentially comes around, whether I'm in or out or whatever happens, I want to leave Charlestown in a better situation, in a strong financial situation um, than, than what it was when I came in, even though, you know, whether that was good or bad, you know, it's, um, we always want to make a, a lasting positive impression. So that's, that's kind of where I'm thinking. You know, I, I think that there are some, there are so many uh, ancillary organizations and groups that are also receiving some of the competitive funding uh, that um, it makes a lot of sense for, for us to 
uh, begin to collaboratively look at, uh, at how we, uh, we utilize these dollars as well. Our county is receiving somewhere around 40 million. And even from my understanding, the, the townships, uh, down to the townships, they're receiving funding. Uh, there's a, we have a large um, uh, uh, venue uh, called the Learner um, Center and it does theater and it's a, just a gorgeous facility, but it was shuttered. Uh, and so there's a shuttered venues uh, a funding element of this as well. So there's so many different other places uh, that we have to be mindful of uh, in order to ensure that we're extending our dollar into hopefully four or five bucks. Uh, so that um, uh, we can come out of this thing whole and accelerate uh, what, what we all want to want to accelerate at the end of uh, what this period of time would be. You know, way back in uh, December of 2019, we talked to you all at Mayor's School, which seems like a million years ago, about, you know, that everything really was a race for people to come to your communities and to build a community that people want to live in and all those kinds of things. You know, you all have a unique skill set. You know, I, Mayor Hodges, you're the first female mayor of Charlestown. Uh, mayor Strick, I don't know if you're the youngest, but you've got to be one of the youngest mayors to be elected in Huntington, former pastor. Uh, mayor Robertson, I think you're the first African-American mayor in Elkhart. Um, so all these firsts are these unique experiences that you bring to the table. Last question, and we'll wrap up here. How, before COVID, how did you think that would help you build a community uh, that people would want to be in, you know, quality of place, trails, parks, infrastructure? How are you planning, you know, to, to use those skill sets to, to make that happen? I'd love to jump in on that because we made some pretty big changes. Um, you know, being being a woman and being first, not only in Charlestown, but in Clark County, uh, being the first mayor um, who happens to be a woman, um, I wanted to make sure that we had good representation on all of our boards and, and appointments, all the commissions, everywhere where I have a say and who gets to sit on that in that seat and help make those decisions. I wanted to make sure that our the people in those seats looked like the people in our community. And up until um, I came in, that picture was very um, monotonous, you know? And so I, when I came in, I appointed a record number of women and uh, racial minorities um, into these positions to try to kind of shake things up a little bit about who was in those positions making decisions, whether that be planning and zoning, you know, all the way to redevelopment, um, whatever it was, I wanted that representation. Um, and it's made a huge difference because what it does is it brings people who previously have had great ideas or thoughts who haven't had the opportunity to sit in those chairs and influence the decisions that were being made. Now you've got this infusion of these wonderful ideas. And the way that I see, you know, a project coming to life is I think you take the craziest idea over here on this end and you take the craziest idea over here on this other end and you just talk it out. And at some point in these wonderful brainstorming sessions with all these people from all these different backgrounds, you land on something that says, yes, this is usable for our community. And it's amazing what people will do when you ask them for feedback and you include them in the conversation. And um, we've got some big plans, you know, like I said, we just finished our parks master plan. And so um, where are we headed after COVID? In great places. Um, we're going, we have plans to 
begin to address and, and rebuild our civic center, which is going to be a fantastic place for our community and our residents to gather um, and, and engage with one another. And that's what they, our people really want down here. Um, but it's all, all of our programming and everything is now informed from a perspective um, that, that wasn't there before. And so my first is transitioning into a lot of those, those other firsts that allow us to hold on to some of those traditions that are um, rich and, and, and rooted in our community that people find comforting, but also change a few things um, in a way that engages people more. So I've been thrilled to be able to, to put those things into place and see where it's going. I think the opportunity that that I've seen here in Huntington has been an opportunity to, to change the story that's told about Huntington um, and maybe even the story we've told about ourselves. And uh, that includes, uh, again, uh, coming back to this theme of representation and making sure folks are, are, are in positions of influence and they've got a voice into things. Um, the other piece of it has also been going through this last year uh, with very intentional carved out times and uh, very good direction and management from my administrative assistant, uh, that there's follow-up on nearly every call that comes in in a timely manner. And, uh, you know, with dealing with the, the, the challenges of this last year and the mask mandate back in December, you know, going down and spending four and a half hours with protesters uh, who, who assured me it wasn't personal that they were protesting Mayor Strick's mask mandate. Um, you know, but I knew the guy organizing it and like, not, I'm not going to respond in kind and I'm not going to throw a, tan a tantrum or something. I'm going to go down and listen. I'm going to take the shots and, and walk people through that. And I think that's been also what's helped our community kind of keep its head about itself in the midst of extremely trying, difficult times. Uh, we're not, we're not going to shy away from how hard it's been this year. Um, but we're going to keep, keep supporting one another through it. And I think that that's the sort of thing that then when we think about recruiting and retaining population, so much of what we call brain drain, I think really is young people leaving to go find opportunity elsewhere because they don't think there's opportunity here. And so helping encourage uh, other leaders as well as my own actions that you know, find the young talent and plug them in, uh, help, help them exercise their gifts. And you know, we've got a new business coming to town uh, it's actually uh, it's two businesses uh, relocating from uh, major cities, uh, one on the West Coast and one uh, here in the Midwest. And they're, uh, they're young people who grew up in this community left here because they didn't think there was a place for them. But they saw one of their classmates getting celebrated for her mural work here in town. And when that hit national newswire, that's what led them to think, you know what, maybe we can go back home and, and take our shot there too. And you know, we're welcoming them back enthusiastically. They're going to be great uh, collaborators with others uh, on innovative projects. And um, it's just an exciting opportunity for our city to, to really start putting our best foot forward. And uh, I'm glad and honored to be part of that. Mm. Um, you know, Mayor, Mayor uh, Hodges um, and Mayor Streck um, kind of, you know, hit the nail on the head in a couple of different areas uh, that I need to... Uh, kind of emphasize as well. Um, first of all, um, Mayor Hodge uh, said that, you know, uh, for a mayor that just happens to be a female. Um, I believed the same way while I was running. Uh, I believed that I was the best, uh, most experienced candidate for the job that just happened to be Black. Uh, and so with that said, um, I was going to be the mayor and I kept 
uh, speaking in the affirmative. I intend to be your mayor. And uh, as I was running and, um, and, you know, it just so happens that I'm the black guy, uh, which is, which is okay, you know? Um, and so with that said, uh, I want to be the best mayor the city has ever had that just happened to be black. Uh, and, and so I, I ran with that sense of, of confidence that I could do it. And the authenticity that I talked about earlier kind of kind of picked up the baton and ran with it. Uh, the other piece that I think is extremely important, and um, Mayor Hodges, but Mayor Strick spoke to it a little bit more, uh, is a competence that I think is so important, whether it's culturally or from a, gener a generational perspective. Uh, but we have to be competent about who lives in our community and making sure that we open up and give them voices and not just give them voices, but see them and hear them. Uh, one, of the, um, uh, one of the Hispanic um, posters that I, I created was be seen, be heard um, uh, and uh, be plugged in or be, be supported. Uh, and I wanted our community to know that we're for the, all of those who um, who spoke Spanish and or um, uh, were, were Hispanic or Latino, I wanted them to, to, to feel as though they were a part of uh, our city. And so what I don't want, I want to create the access in a competent way. I don't want to hire anyone that's Latino or Black because they're Latino or Black. I want to hire the skill sets that are necessary to lead the city forward. And I would hope if I created the right access and did it in a competent way, my pool will grow of Latinos, um, women, and, uh, uh, and African-Americans. And it has. Uh, and so what I said at the end of my campaign is that I won't be uh, uh, anchored in nepotism, cronyism, uh, and those things that have closed the door and created the lack of access. And, uh, and so on the other side of that is opening it up. And guess what? I have young folk uh, putting in applications. I have African-Americans putting in applications. I have women putting in applications. Uh, one of the radio stations just recently uh, did a month, uh, the month of women. And uh, they interviewed my uh, 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 communications director uh, and then ended up interviewing most of the women in my administration uh, because I had brought so many women in. Um, and sometimes during my leadership meetings, I have to I, I'm like, goodness gracious, where are the dudes? What's, what, what, what happened here? You know, and, uh, and, and it's so, but it, it's so interesting, the amount of vibrant conversation we have, the amount of inclusive, inclusive conversation we have, and the amount of conversation that's connected to everyone within our community. And those are the pieces that help us govern in a better, smarter, more efficient, and more competent way. And so if we are doing that, we create a richer L-curve. And that's what I, I think the skills and talents that have been left at the door because of the lack of access uh, has actually crippled our ability to be able to be the best that we can be. And, 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 creates the, and it actually creates the downside of, of governance, uh, which is uh, trying to, to deal with the repercussions of uh, that lack of access, which occurs uh, in multiple different ways in housing, healthcare, and, uh, and some of the unfortunate things that we've seen during this pandemic. And so I want to uh, make sure that um, what I use uh, as an African-American man uh, in this position uh, is a sense that I am no better or worse 
than anyone in, a, in my community, but everyone in our community has a voice. Everyone in our community can be a part and everyone has strengths. And I wanna be uh, the kind of mayor that seeks those strengths out to be a part of what the city can become. So let's hope that, that uh, Elkhart rises to that challenge because if it does, um, uh, it will accelerate all of, the, all of the metrics that we look for as mayors to be uh, a part of what our city should be. And that's uh, hopefully what will become and what will happen in Elkhart. Thank you, all three of you. This has been excellent. Um, you know, our job at AIM is to play a small part in helping you all do your jobs a little bit better and protect you at the legislature and those kinds of things. And listening to you talk makes that uh, really easy to do and makes, <clears throat> makes us really excited about doing it. So thanks for taking some time with us today uh, at the AIM Hometown Innovations Podcast. And I look forward to reintroducing all of you in person very soon. Uh, so we'll, we'll see you soon. Thank you. The same Hometown Innovations podcast was sponsored by American Structure Point.